0: Hi, I'm Scott. I'm a composer of Overeater. My phone number is seven one eight eight seven seven four eight nine eight. That's seven one eight eight seven seven four eight nine eight. I'm on the East Coast being from New York City. And I am you know, and I do qualify for the meeting for the I've been maintaining for the past eighteen years a three hundred and sixty pound weight loss. And it's an entirely different lifetime for me, as I was so in, indulged with the food that I got up, that I literally got up to to 550 pounds. 21 years ago, at this time, I was in a treatment set of eating disorders, trying to get my recovery back. This was my third time, but the most effective time that. That, you know that it's worked for me for me and I've been offering for the longest time trying to control the food with a diet wise trying to get you know, the approval of my parents to keep my weight down. my doctor kept yelling at me because I was getting heavier and I figured it would be, keep him quiet but I was not doing it for myself I you know I would lose the weight for a while still obsess and then go right back off. And I would be lying you know about the food what I was eating, I would be stealing money from my my father's pants pockets or my mother's change purse, you know to get the food and I would do things you know when I was alone i would you know I would come home, there were still a few cookies here and there, there still a few things here and there, and you know and virtually still never tell the truth, even when I was actually caught in doing it. My you know, my overeating day started like when I was nine years old and up to that time just liking these foods. It was as if you know I was just a little kid and it was normal for a kid to actually like these foods, but I was overdoing it and putting the weight on. Now at the beginning it was I was not putting that much weight on. I was still able to get around, still able to play sports. I played I played literally baseball in the teenage years the weight was coming on and still you know being hard on my clothes during the two years of junior high school i literally wore through i don't know how many pairs of pants because i was getting because i was rubbing them out between the legs and i was costing my parents an awful lot of money when they had to replace them i eventually graduated from a children's store to an army and navy store And eventually, in my late teenage years, going to a big man's store, I had to go get, in order to get clothes from my bar mitzvah, I went, you know, we went to a very famous clothing store, and they had a husky size. I never liked the word, but unfortunately, that was the truth. Anyway, we had to get the clothes from there. I remember for the tuxedo, he mentioned special sizes, and we were very lucky to be able to get them. And the same thing was true a year and a half later for my sister's wedding. Now, I could tell you, when I went to these places, you know, an affair like that, I literally got lost in the, in the you know, in the buffets, and nobody could really find me. And I really stuffed myself as to where I did, never had any room for the meal. And that was the obsession that I was going through. you and, know, And, you know, I would, I would go for the sweet stuff the fatty stuff, anything that I could get my hands on that was out of the ordinary. And my teachers in school, I did well most of the time, but they said I could do better. The food was clouding my thoughts, you know, the sugar, the flour, its was clouding my thoughts to where I couldn't do as well as I, you know, as I could have. I, and to be honest, you know, I did the work. I had to force myself, but I was only too content was getting a plate of food, sitting down in front of the TV, and simply zoning out. And I got to the point where I would sit down with a plate of food at the beginning of a program, and the next thing I knew, the program was over. I never paid attention to it. I never really paid attention to it. And my friend, you know, I got to the point where I couldn't fit into certain places, like a, like a booth in the restaurant. We had to get the tables in the back. To, you know, into the back and I couldn't you know and the food was just you know, it was too much for me. It was just too much. And what eventually happened was I was developed such sky high blood pressure that I was put at a young age I put a stiff regimen of medications for it. And you know, I was and I would literally be not be able to get around as fast as as anybody else. When I and when I decided, and I was looking always for the magic formulas. You know, there's going to be a magic pill, a magic potion that would get me to lose the weight. And the only way to lose the weight is to stop eating. And I couldn't do that. And I couldn't do it. it got, and now in my, mid, my early 20s, I, you know, my sister was following a commercial plan. And I think I was so, you know, I couldn't, I would never be able to get weight in. So I just followed the plan on my own, and it didn't work as well. When I started to go, when I found out I could get weighted, in, I was a little over 400. I was shocked, but I did well on the program. Why? They gave me all sorts of foods that I could eat, and I could literally eat all day and still lose the weight. So I was handled, So I was doing something about the physical element, but not, not the emotional element. I was using the food to hide the feelings you know if I was you know if I was, if I was angry if I was depressed, even happy, I used the food to, to really contend with it and that's not the way to be. My parents sent me to, to a therapist figuring that they would get me away from the food or the, the fact that I was they thought I was slow and not doing anything and the fact is I, you, know, you know I couldn't be honest with myself I, so I wasn't going to be honest with the therapist. I spoke about anything but the what was really bothering me, and we are, and you know like you know the anger. I was to or i I would never talk about why I was eating so much or and the food obsession. I would never do that, and eventually, I insisted on not going, and my parents couldn't force me now also being that I come from the big numbers, I did start to suffer from the from body image. I did very little dating, you know, through my through my teenage years, or into my twenties, into my twenties, and you know, I mean, I had friends, I was interested, I just, I, mean, I just thought they would never want to date me because of my size, and and anybody who did was just being nice. It's like mercy dates you know. And so I did very little dating. Now, once I start to lose the weight, a great deal of weight. I was able to go back to school. I was dating. I ended a relationship, picked up another one. And this time, it was to the point where I did get married. And this time, it came on even full blast. I was lying even to my wife about what I was eating. I was on my own for the first time. and using the food to cope with it. You know, using food. But my wife was 12-step oriented. She knew about all of these anonymous, and she forced me to go. And I went for the approval. I went. I sat there, in, like in the bathroom. Room, didn't speak to anybody. The minute, it, the minute, the the meeting was over, I got up and ran right to the first, to the closest food store. I, I was binging before and after, and if I could have been binging during the meeting, I would have been doing that too. And, you know, she found out I was not going to the meeting, and she was angry but couldn't force. What had got me into the program originally was the fact that six years had passed. I was at a high of 471. We couldn't go away on vacations because I couldn't fit behind the wheel of a car or or the airline seats. I could barely walk. So we barely could have, And I saw myself as a thin person. Now, somehow, being in you know, OE at the beginning, that seed must have been planted because someone was watching out for me. They, I, someone had told me about a treatment center not too far from where I live. I took the number, and, and four years later, I called up this treatment center. I was desperate. I realized I had to do something about the food issues. Yeah, I figured I would go in, dry out, and I'd go right back to this commercial plan. When I got there, I found out that they were 12-step friendly, and I knew I'd be coming back at the Overeem Synonymous. And this time, I knew I was going to be here for good, and I was very accepting of it. You know, I was very accepting with it. And when I came out of treatment, I came right back to the beginning, you know, the, the meeting that I started out with. And I got myself a sponsor. I got me, and I started to work the steps. I made meetings religiously, and then what had happened was, and what I had done was also took on as much service as I could. They nominated me right away, and I would, which was I surprise because I was a newcomer. To do some, to do the treasury at the meeting, and I was on my way to doing service for the next year, and even with my intergroup, I had gone to the intergroup meetings as a representative. However, I was not really doing the program right. I was not working the steps the way I should have on being really honest with my sponsor. My wife, you know, I had a very, I had a family emergency. My wife, I found that she tried to commit suicide. I found her, did what I had to to get her to a hospital. And in less than two weeks of visiting her in the hospital, I had relapsed. I, went, you know, I on the way to the hospital. There was a small grocery store. And I went in. And I just started having things that I was not allowed to have. And it was a long time before I was actually able to admit that I was in relapse. Relapse. I got to treatment a second time, trying to save my job and the marriage. long reasons to go. I wasn't doing it for myself. And neither one worked. You know, my wife and I are now divorced. I lost my job at the time because of my food issues, and I was on disability for the longest time, gaining back the weight plus. But the one thing that I never did was I never left the rooms. I was always coming to the meetings. I was always trying to do some service, even though I was in relapse. And people saw that as a cry for help. I didn't always realize it at the time, it was a cry for help. And they tried to get me that help, With treatment centers, you know, they were doing research. They were trying. They got me to a weight loss clinic, a doctor that specialized in weight loss. But I can never stick to it. I can never stick to it. But what had happened was, you know, I really wanted to go back there, but I didn't know how to do it. And when another OA person, a close friend of mine, was in a treatment center that did very well for her, and you know, it was a different kind of treatment center. I tried to get in there, and my insurance would not pay. And I fought them for two years until I finally said, "Okay." Until the treatment center took me in, the, the insurance said, "Okay, we will pay." The four weeks turned into eight. Now I was faced challenges right there and then. My mother had passed away in the first, in my first recovery. My father was sick now, and I was taught. Put your recovery first, and you know, I had to tell my father, "You're on your own until I come home. I cannot come home to help you because if I can't help myself, I will not be able to help you. I will not be here." And he wanted me to give up the, the treatment, said to come home to help him. I said no. He, he says, "I cannot come home," and I was changing. For the, for the, and I was really doing some changing right away with that. This treatment center taught me how to shop, cook. They taught, they taught me to put my recovery first. I, they told me, weigh and measure your food religiously, which is, I, which is what I did. And I'm off my trigger food. For me, what works, I'm off sugar and flour products. And that has worked for me. Anyway, I came in there. I was 550 pounds when I came in there, and they were concerned. How would I get around? How would I take care of myself? And when I said, they said, "That's my worry. I will do it." And they saw the desperation, and they was, and they left it alone. They saw that I would do it. That I was very willing to do it. I was desperate, and they was desperate. When I got home. The first thing I did was I did my first absent shopping at home alone, and I did everything I was supposed to. I was supposed to do, and the next day I was able to go back to help my father. I would not help him unless I tell myself I made. Mean, I took on a sponsor again to work the steps. I took on the service again to do this, and these days I put the recovery first, and that's exactly what I have to do. Now I had no thoughts of going, trying to get back to work until I got back, myself back in order. It was almost, it was more than two and a half years until I was able to get a job doing some work through, through unusual means. But, the, but now the job put me to the test because it attacked my recovery. I felt I was going to binge. So I think either the job goes or the recovery goes. And the job lost. I, got back. I quit the job rather than quit the recovery, and it was my turn to take care of myself even further. My father passed away two weeks later. And I made it through a reminder, the- you have five minutes left. Thank, thank you. And, my, and I was able to make, through the, make it through the morning period absently, yeah, very absently, to do what I had to do. Then it was... Now I felt I was... Re- and I felt that my higher power, that higher power would let me know when it's time for me to go back to work, which is what happened. I was able to get into an internship with a major hospital because, you know, through a state office, and the job turned permanent. Now, this job is stressful, but but my recovery was a lot stronger. It was, you know, I was able to handle the stress and handle the job without going to the food. And my coworkers, they see what I was doing. I made no bones about the fact that I lost the weight, that I'm in ovaries anonymous. I never kept it a secret. And they see what I do. I've learned to package my food and take it with me. I pack my lunch, and I take it with me religiously every single day. When I go on a trip where I, I don't have the, the auspices of a microwave, you know, what I have to have me meal, I pack my lunch. I take my scale with me even to a restaurant. To weigh, and measure the, to weigh and measure the food. And the service I've done, on the group level, I've led meetings after the treasury, and then I was asked to come back to intergroup. I took on service positions there, including re, the region, being a region rep. And through there, I've gone to world service. The service has been immense, immeasurable in keeping my recovery going, in keeping my recovery going. and. It's, at a time when the doctor told my wife at one time, and when I was 35, if your husband wants to live to see 40, he better start losing the weight. It was it was 40 when I came into OA, and the blessing is for and the blessing is later this year that 35 year age will will have doubled. I'm turning 70 and I'm getting ready to retire. That is the blessing of the program that gives you back a life. I've gone to events like a wedding, you know, bar mitzvahs, I've, got, I've had office parties, all have been done absolutely, because absolutely I do not, I've learned I do not have to go to the food to, you know, for the, to handle the bad times or the good times, either way the good and bad times are more appreciated without the use of the food, I can handle them and they're more real, So for those people who are still struggling, please keep coming back. Please stay here. It will click for you because it did with me. And for all those who have good, strong recovery, you have to stay here to keep it going. I'm maintaining, like I said, a 360-pound weight loss. I'm able to get around the, the physical and emotional freedom is immense, and you will experience it with the joys of the program. So I'm going to leave everything here, and I'd like to hear from everything out from everybody else. Again, my phone number is seven one eight eight seven seven four eight nine eight. I'm on the East Coast, Eastern Standard Time. Thank you.